everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Happy Thursday, Dr. Paul. How are we doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Uh, Nina... Nina Jankowitz. She's not doing so fine. Uh, well, <laughs> well, she lost her job. Yeah, I wonder thing. if she'll go on un unemployment. Uh, my guess is she'll have some other opportunities. Well, <laughs> Jankowitz uh, was appointed, you know, to be uh, the executive director of the Disinformation Governance Board. Yeah, well, that's wow. very important because they can they can protect us against ever hearing anybody tell a lie. I love that. But the problem turned out. The person that was protecting us against all the lies, she would do a little bit of fibbing herself. <laughs> she was good at it. <laughs> Maybe that's why they appointed her. But anyway, uh, you know, they had to postpone it because there was a reaction to her being appointed. And I think on uh, uh, Twitter they had 53, in a short period of time, 53 comments about what, what is she up to, you yeah. know. And, uh, but the Democrats are smart people, too, and they, they figured it out that uh, they've been too lax, they are saintly, and they treat people fairly, and they never lie and fib, and they never would ever consider participating in anything like Russiagate and all. And the Republicans are fa unfair, and the Republicans, the far right that is, yeah, yeah. they come in and all of a sudden, you, you know, uh, they started using nasty words. And uh, when I looked at it, I thought they were telling the truth. <laughs> but that, that didn't go over so big. <clears throat> but the, uh, the Democrats really it hurt their feelings. They, they felt very badly about it. So he and she ended up uh, resigning. Of course, she, if she'd have lasted much longer, she could have done a lot more harm. Uh, she, but, but it's sort of, you know, she's been doing it. She knows the system. You yeah. think she'd, with her she's experience, she'd know. But I guess she was just overwhelmed by this promotion, you know, this stature she has, that she's part top-notch in the administration and all this. She's the final decider. Yeah. She's the decider on what is right and wrong and what is true. So, uh, but she got carried away a little bit. And uh, we talked a little bit about it because it was put on pause, uh, the, the activity. But uh, that, didn't <clears throat> that didn't hold because she uh, thought it best that she resigned. Yeah, and she's a disinformation expert. And I think it was either Matt Taibbi or Glenn Greenwald who said there's no such thing. It's made up. It's a made up new thing. When you've got all these people with big degrees and really, really a lot of contacts, you've got to make up stuff for them to do. But nevertheless, we announced it a few weeks ago that they were creating, this was a surprise announcement from the Department of Homeland Security, not State Department, not Information Agency, whatever. No, Homeland Security, the guys with the guns and the bullets, hey, we're going to start a new office and we're going to police disinformation. That's not how they put it, but that's essentially what it was. There was an outcry, and of course, yeah, the Republicans were waiting for something. They're waiting for an issue to, to clamber onto, and a lot of them have just discovered civil liberties when something like this happens because they can use it to their advantage. And nevertheless, there was an outcry. There was an uproar. Um, Twitter had a lot to do with it. Maybe we had a little bit to do with it. Who knows? Um, but put up that first clip. This is from The Hill yesterday. DHS to pause the work of the disinformation board in Homeland Security. And uh, Jankowitz, as you point out, she tendered her resignation as the director of this. But you know, Dr. Paul, she's the victim. Uh, she's just a wonderful public servant uh, who just happened to be an advisor to Zelensky's presidential campaign, an advisor to their government, and a top official in charge of overthrowing the Russian and Belarusian government before. Plus, she's a hyper 
political partisan for the Democratic Party. Plus, she's really, really weird and creepy. That's okay. There are a lot of creepy people in Washington. Nevertheless, it was a little bit too much. But here is the other thing, as you suggested, that we pointed out, and so many others have, and this is what happened. This is called projection, right? She was the expert to, to ferret out disinformation, yet it turns out she was one of the biggest spreaders of disinformation in the entire city of Washington, D.C. And in fact, put this next one up if you can, because this captures it very well. This is what she's done. Jerry Dunleavy puts this up on Twitter. Nina Jankowitz, who will head the Department of Homeland Security's new Disinfo Governance Board, is a fan of discredited dossier author Chris Steele's thoughts on disinformation, and she helped dismiss the Hunter Biden laptop in 2020 by saying we should view it as a Trump campaign project. She also said many, many pro-Russiagate things. Uh, she's a spreader of disinfo. So on the one hand, yes, this is a great demise to see this go down. On the other hand, both you and I, you are longer than I have, we've been around the block a few times, and we know that a government program on pause is not <laughs> time for us to pause and claim a victory. That's for sure. But there is uh, a bit of irony in, in all this because uh, from our viewpoint, at least mine personally, is that the, that the social media has been corrupted. And uh, there's been a dilemma out there how do libertarians handle this because we, want, we do really believe in, in free speech, but not to quasi-government organizations that's doing the government's bidding. And here, they've been, the left has been able to use it to punish people who disagree with official policy. And people have lost their jobs. Just think of the people who have suffered the consequences of not following the party line uh, when it came to COVID. I mean, they had massive control of that because people did get canceled, lose jobs, and suffered the consequences of this. So it's rather ironic that now social media looks like at least for for Nina, this was the, her downfall. Yeah. And it, but she was quick, quick to sort of imply that it's. Republicans do this all the time. Yeah. They're mean and last nasty and they're lying, you know. And so uh, they, they, they're back at it again. That doesn't mean that this victory will hold in the sense that, that uh, the media uh, will, will be uh, on the side of people, you know, making honest comments. But uh, they, it, uh, it ha happened this time, but it was so different. And uh, that's why I, I, I really do get a kick out of the fact that uh, this has been known for so many years now and decades that if you've been hurt uh, or, or if you did something to hurt yourself or the government hurt you, uh, they have to do more because they're a victim. Yeah. And she all of a sudden became the victim. Yeah, victim. You know, she's, she's made all this progress up when she gets to the pinnacle here, the, the chief uh, judge on what is right and wrong and <laughs> truth, and, uh, and she flops. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 a bit ironic, but uh, maybe maybe there's a there's a limit to how far they can go and how long they can last. And she's a fascinating study in the Washington creature. Now, if you're an anthrop cultural anthropologist and you want to look at the typical Washington creature, she is it. She is not unique in her evil or malevolence or whatever you have it. In fact, she's very typical of the type of person that goes to work in Washington. And this is why, really, the only position is the libertarian position, which is you have to shrink government so small that people like this can never find any foothold to power. Um, and that's why reform is impossible and why the Republicans, for the most part, are a completely lost cause. 
She is a super smart person. No one says she's no dummy. She's very smart. She's extremely, she's super ambitious. She's hyper self-confident. You can see it in everything she does. Hyper self-confident. With all those things put together, smart, ambitious, an abundance of self-confidence, she's also an obsessive busybody. This, this desire to control what other people do and say. You see it all the time in Washington. We saw it all the time when they were there. It's an authoritarian instinct that they have. They believe they have the right to tell other people what to do. And so she is really indicative of the type of person that's very successful in Washington, D.C. Her downfall is only because her head came a little bit too high above the crowd. She's, she is the rule, not the exception. You know, I talk a lot about and think a lot about, uh, you know, the recognition and seeking a higher law, something that is even above all the bureaucrats and all the politicians that people do know and have sought for thousands of years, you know, what is right and wrong, what is good and bad, and what, what is true. And uh, so we're dealing with this in a different fashion. It's so superficial and so vicious in this last decade. And uh, even in the last five years, it's gotten much worse. They're really, they're really seeking truth. And uh, the last place you're going to find it is with the politicians. So she, she uh, even if uh, she was a little more cautious, she just would have made it much worse than you described exactly, you know, the kind of person she is. That, that's her business. So this is, uh, this is to me, you know, part of the, uh, the, the big issue of seeking truth, figuring out who's telling a lie. And I think that's what elections are all about. You know, the, the average person, you know, uh, you, you know, just sometimes they're just looking for somebody that they can believe without saying, well, you know, I, I want to agree with every single thing you think and believe and every vote you've ever made. Sometimes they just beg and plead and seek out somebody that it appears that they're at least they're telling us the truth, which means that, uh, you know, that individual would show up, uh, uh, you know, when, when and if they get in a, into Congress, and that, that is, uh, they uh, they do what they said, and they vote us a certain way. They had they gathered their votes, but that is that is so so rare. Uh, but I know that's one of the things that people seek, and one of the reasons why I say there's a lot of people out there that are really good people, uh, and would seek it. But then the influence of the welfare state and the patriotism with war and the financial system and all the problems that governments cause. Well, well we need the government. Yes, there's been viruses around for a long time, and uh, we got by with a, a, a lot of them without the government. But now it's so bad, you know, and they get the conditioning. It's a, educational problem or whatever but i still think it's it's it, we live in an age where seeking the truth is a major effort and i think it's significant and i think that uh, most people you know if you have an honest and reasonable conversation most people would understand you know a higher authority above all the politicians, everybody else, of what is right and wrong. I, th I think, and you know, it's been around for a while, like, thou shalt not kill, you know. And yet, we have governments that uh, kill. Yeah. You know, most, how many, how many wars have started without a government? Yeah. You know, they, there's a lot, of, a lot of killing done in the name of uh, government and patriotism, which is a tragedy. Yeah, well, you mentioned social media and the problems there. There are a lot of problems. In fact, we know Musk is having a lot of problems. He's trying to buy Twitter. 
He's looking around. He finds out there's a lot of bots here. <laughs> you said it was less than 5%, but it's looking like it's a lot. And they actually found out, you probably saw this, Dr. Paul, they found out that half of Joe Biden's followers are bots. They're fake. A lot of people are saying, I, bought, I wonder what that means about his voters, right? Half of them are fake, too. Who yeah. knows? But, you know, and, they, and Project Veritas, which, which I really admire, I mean, they go undercover and they get the truth. They went undercover for a Twitter executive. And first of all, he's making fun of Musk because Musk has Asperger's, which is a slight, uh, you know, challenge for, for people. A disability for people making fun of him for being having a slight disability and saying we hate free speech or we <laughs> exist to destroy free speech so it says a lot about where the social media really is when you shine the light on them but you know the other thing we want to talk about is about the shutting of this down is the reaction to it and the one thing I, I almost forgot to mention that I really wanted to mention when I started reading about this Dr. Paul is why we say that it's paused and that actually is dangerous it's no time to rest on our laurels is I'm sure a lot of our viewers remember when you were in office in the early 2000s and the Bush administration announced the Total Information Awareness Program and it had this creepy logo from the Pentagon that we're going to look into everything making sure the terrorists weren't under our beds uh, and p there wasn't a similar outcry at the time if you remember and you were involved in it we did a lot of work with Kent and others about this and they said oh okay you got us you got us we're not going to do this <laughs> we're just kidding and then we found out about five or six years later when Snowden came out, they didn't suspend it. They just moved it over here to a different place. So this is what they can do, the whack-a-mole thing. So we can't take a breath right now. I remember in one of the debates, <coughs> the subject of terrorism came up and they were justifying you, can, you have to do a lot of invasion of privacy because the terrorists are there. And I, I, I think it was like, me poking a little bit of fun uh, with one of the candidates. I said, I wonder if you go and check under your bed every yeah. night for a terrorist. Yeah. That probably wasn't the smartest thing I ever <laughs> said, but I think, I think a lot of people laughed. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the end, guess who was right? <laughs> you don't get any brownies or, or chocolate right. cookies oh. for being right. But the reaction from the Washington Post, we want to talk about just for a second, because that is, um, that is really fascinating. So this, this journalist, I, I use that term very loosely, Taylor <coughs> Lorenz, she's, she is notable for the fact that she likes to dox people, which is to reveal their personal information, people that she thinks are not sufficiently woke. And that's, it's occurred many times where people who she's doxed, just average Joes, will have the media on their front door. Is it true that you're a homophobe or you're a racist? This is her game, so she's not a good person. She's not a good journalist. I don't know why. The Washington Post... Maybe I do know why. They picked her to do a story on the fall of our good friend Jenkowitz. And guess what, Dr. Paul? It's not because she's kooky. It's not because she's disqualified or unqualified or she's a disinfluent. No, it's because, as the Washington Post puts it, how the Biden administration let right-wing attacks derail its disinformation efforts. And I have a couple of quotes. Uh, she's the victim, as you said in your opening. Put the next one on. Just a couple of quotes from the article. Nina Jankowitz has been subjected to unjustified and vile personal attacks and physical threats. Of course, physical threats are disgusting, but when you criticize someone, that doesn't mean that it is a personal attack. The next one, please, if you don't mind. And this is all, this is her modus operandi, Lorenz. Jankowitz's experience is a prime example of how right-wing internet apparatus operates, where far-left influencer, or far-right influencers attempt to identify a target, present a narrative, and then repeat mischaracterizations 
across social media and websites with the aim of discrediting and attacking anyone who seeks to challenge him. That literally is a summary of Lorenz's entire resume. That's what she does for a living. Now talk about projection. The next one real quick, and this is the defense of this board, by the way. This is a DHS spokesman. The board's purpose has been grossly mischaracterized. It will not police speech, quite the opposite. Its focus is to ensure that freedom of speech is protected. And then they got ma mad when we called it the Ministry of Truth, which is literally <laughs> what he's saying. And one more, if you don't mind. I just want to go through this, sorry, Dr. Paul, really quick, because these are so good. Experts say the right-wing disinfo and smear campaigns regularly follow the same playbook. Now, that sounds conspiratorial uh, in that respect. And one more before we go to Greenwald to end this, this part here. If you go to the next one real quick. And this is an expert. Jankowitz's case is a perfect example of this system at work. Said Emerson Brooking, a resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab. You remember those people. Those are the ones that called us. Lou Rockwell, anti-war, and everyone, disinformation, and Russian agents. So these are disinfo specialists, but not in the way you think. He says they try to define people by these single, decontextualized moments, he said. In Nina's case, it's a few TikTok videos, or one or two comments out of thousands of public appearances. Well, our friend Glenn Greenwald probably was reading this exact quote when he said, if we can do the next one, when he said this, it's a cause of momentary celebration that the DHS was forced by popular anger to pause its disinfo board and the absurd resistance cartoon they hired to run it. But read this to see how angry Washington Post and Taylor Lorenz are that this happened. And here's the important part that Glenn points out. I'm going to, because this, I know you're going to want to comment on this, Dr. Paul. Here's what he points out investigating and criticizing a Homeland Security official is now harassment and bullying, according to the Washington Post and Taylor Renz. Only ordinary citizens can be investigated, not high-level U.S. security state operatives. Them's the rules. I think they have it turned upside down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. <clears throat> because, uh, you know, Bastiat, you know, makes the point that government agents can't do anything that you and I can't. A lot do it, and we we are supposed to follow this higher law and decency of not lying, killing, steal, and and killing and stealing from people. But here, uh, the government is doing exactly the opposite. They're exempting themselves and uh, and, and blaming the people. So, <laughs> but but any, anyway, that's a that's a problem that will only be worked out over time. Yeah. But that's a perpetual problem, and that should be. I, I talk about that kind of stuff. Might be you know a goal that people set and for a lifetime. You know what what you strive for sometimes is uh, as important of what you really end up achieving because you don't know what you're going to achieve if you're if you're trying to bring truth about. Uh, you, you know a lot of a lot of times uh, nobody knows the real result. There's a remnant out there that might cling on to some. Of this and you don't know about that but I think it's what people strive for that makes a difference and, and this demonstrates well you quit striving you, you know to uh, protect the people you gotta you can't be nasty to your elected officials oh, yeah. and then they say but that's the only way we can have pure democracy and liberty that's why I uh, 
I, I join those who are very critical of, of democracy because, once again, it's, a, it's propagandized. It's the dictatorship of the majority. And, uh, and, and, then they get, and then they have the power. And we have the moral sanction. 51% said we can do anything we want. We can steal from you. We can, we can start wars. We can send you off. We can regulate you. We can even regulate uh, baby formula, you yeah. know, if, if we think it's necessary because we, uh, we, know, we know what is best. We are, the, we are the source of the truth. And that's what this is all about. Who, who is the source of the truth? And even though it's a long going pro process of seeking it, uh, it's out there. And people very often, even though they might not follow the rules, know darn well uh, what, uh, what, what, the, what the truth is really all about. Well, Taylor Lorenz is furious about bullying and harassing this government official. Dr. Paul, I suggest we do not hold our breath for her next article criticizing the bullying and harassing of Supreme Court justices, picketing outside their houses, accusing uh, nominees of rape and all sorts of things. No, that's okay. That's okay for them. Double standards. Double standards. Anyway, <laughs> next one. This is uh, off the subject a little bit now, uh, switching gears. If we can do that next clip. This is interesting. From our friends over at antiwar.com, Dave DeCamp does a great job over there. NATO members at odds over buildup in Eastern Europe. And this is a summary of a piece that the Washington Post did that Dave helpfully summarized for us. And it shows some cracks in the alliance, I think, right. and that's important to note. And I think one, one thing that strikes you when you look at who's on which side, there's a lot of geography in here. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's, uh, if it's the Baltic countries and the Scandinavian countries, they might have a different opinion than if you're Germany and even France, which is, which is very good. Diversity, I think, in essence, is really, really very helpful. And uh, I think in some ways it could be similar to what's going on in this country today because it's very clear cut about the states that have been run differently uh, than others and offering more freedom to, to uh, you, you know, to work under the conditions of COVID lockdowns and, and all this stuff. So people are moving and it's a big movement going out there, moving from one group to another. So there is a diversity in, in Europe. I always, uh, I, never, I never thought that would be a successful uh, uh, effort. I mean, it, they should come together, but it should all be voluntary. It shouldn't be a, a political thing and then people want power if it's a political unit but right and that's what what they're doing here the political unit says well you all belong to nato now and uh who's paying and who, why are you doing this and why do we have to the, the point that pat buchanan was making why do we have to prepare to sacrifice so much in life and limb uh, uh, you know for small little countries at the same time uh do do all the kind of regulations that uh, actually make it more difficult. Just, just think of all these rules they're doing and the sanctions they're doing and what they're doing to especially Eastern Europe. It's, it's, uh, it's so masochistic. I, I, I think, why are they doing this? This is stupid, you know? And I know the leaders have ulterior motives, but why are the people going along with it? And uh, they're, they're making a serious mistake by going along with it because you have to stand up to it if it's, uh, if, if it's deliberately denying liberty to a certain group of people and letting people live their own life rather than having the dictators come and tell you what you have 
to do. And that's what's happening here is the interest of uh, Eastern Europe is certainly different than Western Europe. And there's some individual living, uh, individual differences there. And, uh, you know, the kids that might be living in France and Germany or Spain or something, maybe they don't want to commit yeah. that much, you know. And uh, I, I think even they know that, uh, uh, you know, and we buy into it that we're, we're, go we're going to pay for everything because our dollar is Superman and we really don't have to worry about it. We've proved that this free market stuff, this Austrian economics is for the birds. Yeah. And, and you don't have to worry about that. We literally can print the money. So therefore, uh, we have to be uh, a little bit cautious about, uh, you know, what they're going to do to us if we have these commitments. And I think more people are starting to worry that... Uh, there's some big risk being paid, taken right now. I mean, why, why, why should we go out of our way? And to me, that is the West. Why should the the West so go go out of their way so much to just try to prod Russia and uh, do, doing something ridiculous? You know, yeah. uh, and it's it's just a, a provo provoking for no reason whatsoever. Rather disgusting because that means that both economic and foreign policy issues uh, are nearly as complicated as people make it. Yeah, you don't have to like Russia at all to realize it's not a great idea to kick someone with nuclear weapons in the face over and over again, right? You can hate them, but it's probably not a good idea. And you mentioned risk, and risk is important because this article is all about risk. The Baltic states and Poland are gung-ho for the best, the most deadly NATO equipment and troops right on its border with Russia. We want more, more, more. Put up some bases. Do what you, what you will. As you point out, Spain, Italy, France, they're less enthusiastic about provoking Russia in this way. They've been members for a longer time, and they're not, you know, they're not so eager about it. And, you know, the thing about the Baltics, sorry, you were occupied by the USSR for all those years. It wasn't a great time, I'm sure. It wasn't fantastic. But also, sorry, we don't want World War III for your revenge, right? You know, that's the whole reason why the NATO expansion and even the continued existence of NATO uh, is really should be in question why it was a terrible idea. Because countries like the Baltics are using NATO not for the security of the U.S., they're using it to settle old scores that were done 30 years ago. There is no USSR, thank goodness. Russia has a lot of faults, we know that, but it's not the USSR. You can't use this as a cudgel to settle these 30-year-old, 50-year-old, 100-year-old scores where so many millions of lives are at stake. I mean, that's exhibit A, for literally exhibit A for getting rid of NATO altogether. There you go. <clears throat> I'm with you on that. Well, we got a video next. <laughs> Video segment for our friends, our president, our great leader, mission accomplished, George W. Bush. He gave a speech yesterday. We don't see a lot of him. <laughs> Done a little painting. I don't know what else he does over there. Let's listen to what George W. Bush had to say. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, 75. Uh, 
he knew the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But deep down in his soul, he yeah. does know what's going on. And, and, you know, I don't know about Freud. I think he's a little bit controversial, <laughs> but they used to call some of this stuff Freudian slips. Yeah. Maybe speaking the truth when he, he didn't mean it. So maybe buried in his soul, he, uh, he understands exactly the role he was playing. But uh, I, um, I never, you know, we haven't heard much from him. No. And he's been rather quiet. And, and, and uh, the, the poll, which is, answers all the questions, he isn't exactly remembered as the most popular president. And I think it's because, because of what happened in the Middle East, the stupidity of it. But look how long it took. Yeah. They didn't want to hear a word from us when we were trying to tell them, don't do it, don't do it, it doesn't make any sense. It here, we, we still we still have we still have a they don't call them troops anymore we 2500 soldiers advisors in in uh, in Afghanistan so uh, it, it's uh, this uh, this whole thing that um, he 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 was no I, I the one thing I would correct is I would uh, say he was an assistant to the motivator of all that, I think Dick Cheney was the instigator. Yeah, you're probably right. And all the neocons around him, yapping yeah. in his ears constantly. So he's um, so patsy. Yeah. <laughs> and our, our SoundCloud listeners, who we value very much, we don't thank them enough because there's a lot of them. Unfortunately, they aren't able to benefit from the video to see the look on his face. Because when he said Iraq instead of, instead of Ukraine, the look on his face was such a giveaway, he realized that he'd given up the whole game. He told the truth, <laughs> you know, when he attacked, when he said, when he was attacking Putin for being the decision of one man to launch a wholly just, unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq, he realized he was talking about himself. Maybe that was Freud, maybe it was God, who knows what it was. I wonder if uh, anybody would ever compare pain and suffering on the two events, because uh, you know, I, I'm so against this uh, violence, even though I understand the history of Ukraine. I still, I still don't like it very much to, to see a little bit more than maybe was necessary. Yeah, so many, so many in, innocent people uh, get, uh, get killed. But that's one of the reasons I work so hard to try to stop it, because there's so much unfairness and death and destructions and pain and uh, penalties that occur. And uh, that's a... Uh, that's it, that it, it, it doesn't end quickly you know it just goes on and on but just think how long this these problems have been here there and i guess um somebody said once that uh, there will be wars and rumors of war for a long time yeah <laughs> absolutely well, i'm going to close down if you're ready we're um we're about sold out again for the june you know we we opened up a few tickets and i think there's only a couple left so on the one hand, we're grateful. We're happy this is going to be more than two times the size of our previous Houston conference. I don't mind 100% growth, Dr. Paul. I'm sure it doesn't bother you too much either. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing everyone uh, there. Unfortunately, there really aren't any seats left. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, our SoundCloud people, we love you guys. You're, you're driving trucks, you're doing stuff, and you're listening to us. And we're really grateful. There's a big a lot of numbers out there, and, and we don't give them enough credit. Same with our Super Chatters. A few of you do every time, give a little bit of money and we appreciate it. We got a studio here, it costs a couple bucks to keep going um, and we appreciate your helping us to keep going. Um, subscribe please uh, on the YouTube uh, and other alternative social media. Uh, we're on Rumble and Odyssey and other places so try to keep, we're trying to bump these up. We get a little bit of a slowdown in, in summer. I think people go on vacation, which I don't mm -hmm. understand. Um, but any, nevertheless, thanks very much. 
those of you that are coming in June, we look forward to seeing you, Dr. Paul. Yes, and uh, there are a few things in the news uh, that we should pay attention to because it sounds uh, uh, like there's still smoke out there. One would be the, be the COVID. They're expecting a lot more, and we're going to have to spend a lot more money, and we need a lot more vaccines. And uh, that, to me, is a tragedy when you think about uh, you know the whole mess that was created by government management of uh, of medical care. Uh, you know, with the, with the COVID. But what about their mismanagement? In the, and maybe we will do some more work on this too to get some details about what a monstrosity they have created by the government taking over the distribution of uh, baby formula. Boy, they have done a wonderful job. And they say, well, there were these uh, mitigating circumstances. Things happened. We had COVID and, and different things and, uh, and, and that led to it. Then we had the inflation. Yeah, but but uh, that, that is the thing that has destroyed the marketplace. When, when you can't buy something, believe me, you can look back and you'll find out there's something in regulations uh, or financing or manipulation. I think, uh, you, you know, probably uh, they're going to find out when they know all the things that are going on uh, with the formula is that there was some uh, corporatism involved. You know, the corporate welfare state benefiting big companies over small companies because they wanted to be more efficient. It's always they're gonna be more efficient. So th those problems are on the horizon and uh, we may uh, visit about this uh, uh, at a later date. But I do wanna thank everybody for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.